the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. And uh, today we're talking about, uh, continuing talking about disinformation and what we can rely on, what we can trust, and what should we be suspicious about. And uh, joining us today, we have John Kersey from Cuyahoga Community College, where is an expert on disinformation and social media and just computer information. John, thank you as always for joining us. Glad to be here, Nick. The uh, idea of what you do over at Tri-C, I know you keep up on all that's going on and you're our most up-to-date person to tell us what's going on with disinformation. What actually is your role over at Tri-C and, and how does this all fit in? I teach media and journalism studies, and in that role, uh, since 2016, 2017, we've introduced modules on fake news and disinformation to some of our classes, since these were buzzwords that were popularized. And uh, I always like to point out that the first uh, main person who used the word fake news uh, in terms of talking about elections and public opinion and all that was Hillary Clinton in December of 2016. So just keep that little thought in mind. But that's, yeah, we that's always what think I do, it's Nick. Trump who started that. Well, well, excellent because I know we've uh, had you on a number of times before trying to make some sense out of this. Because with disinformation uh, going hand in hand with disinformation is lack of trust, and I know that the, the whole country seems to be fishing around for some way to uh, find trust in information that we get. Uh, but disinformation undercuts the trust we have, and we, we've seen that with COVID and with other information coming from different sources that sometimes we can't even tell who they are. Most recently, uh, we've been trying to untangle the truth about the Chinese, what we're calling it, spy balloon. Uh, with regard to that, um, first off, how did the government handle that? Did they endear us uh, with their trust and how they handled that uh, the Chinese spy balloon? Poorly, Nick, poorly. How and so? from, from my perspective, uh, this whole thing reduced our faith and trust in government. The balloon was spotted on January 28th over Alaska, and the government didn't tell us about it. And if it hadn't uh, flown over Billings, Montana, and the media and public there spotted it and took pictures of it and basically published it over there, we may have never found out about it. Uh, that, that's just a simple reality. The second thing is it makes us increasingly suspicious of what China's doing because China lied and told multiple versions of what was going on with that balloon. But the bigger thing, I think, is that it violates the public trust in as much as going all the way back to the preamble to the Constitution, we expect the government to defend us. And we can go back time and time again, you know, Pearl Harbor, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, and I was a kid, and I ducked and covered in my classroom in school. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did. You know, we always have had this feeling that the government was leveling with us. And in more recent decades, we've discovered, no, actually, the government's not leveling with us. It's lying to us. 
And uh, I've seen some polls that come out, and the polls say that the Biden administration did a poor job of handling this. And even more telling in my mind is that people have less faith and trust in the government as a result of how this was handled. Well, we're going to take a short break. We're talking to John Kersey from Cuyahoga Community College. He's a professor of media communications, and we're talking about disinformation and how do we trust what we hear. And we're talking about the Chinese spy balloon. We're going to take uh, a short break. We'll be back after these words, so don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate on WHK. We'll be right back. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. We're talking to Professor John Kersey from Cuyahoga Community College. Uh, who is a professor of media communications, and we're talking about disinformation and how in the world can we trust what's going on with the government. And we're talking about the Chinese spy balloon that has been in the news the last couple of weeks or so. And, John, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. You know, when we're talking about how the Biden administration handled the uh, news about the Chinese balloon, there's a certain amount of information that the governments are expected to withhold from the public uh, until certain things happen, like they, they have uh, discovered the intent and the purpose and the design. And I even heard that with regard to this balloon that U.S. intelligence uh, was able to perceive and uh, detect this balloon as it lifted off from a location in China. Uh, where does the government's right from a national security standpoint uh, start and stop with regard to not releasing everything they know as soon as they know it. I know we're in a pretty instant society, but um, is that is that a problem now, the, the way the government's used to always withhold information? It might be years before we find out something, to now our expectations are to know something instantly? Yes, and part of that is skepticism about whether the government leveled with us in the first place. Uh, obviously, we knew some information about this balloon before it traveled across the country. Obviously, our military knew quite a bit about the balloon. Uh, now they probably know a lot more because I heard just yesterday they've actually recovered the sensors, so they're going to be able to really track what this thing was doing. Um, but the, 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 the fascinating thing about this whole situation is I think anybody who, who's kind of like, how can I say this, um, decent-minded would say that when an enemy vehicle a ship or a plane or something like that is going over your territory, that could pose a threat to your defense. And I think that's the thing that got the ire of the public is this thing was basically floating over half the United States over the period of about four days, and nobody was taking any steps to stop it. And the government explanation just didn't hold water in the eyes of many people, so that creates a, a, a distrust gap. We almost need from the government uh, to reestablish uh, our faith and trust in the government, uh, a very tight chronology as far as you know, date and time and location when they first perceived this. And they first perceived it was about to travel over the continental United States or, or when it actually started doing that. Uh, well, what's holding us back from getting that kind of chronology? And that contributes to the distrust gap, Nick, is the fact that they don't produce things like that. And again, you know, listeners might not be, uh, how can I say this, quite as old as you or I, but we can remember that when Ambassador Adlai Stevenson went to the United Nations and accused the Soviet Union of perhaps starting World War III by putting nuclear missiles in Cuba, he brought pictures. He, he brought the evidence and he showed the world what he saw. 
And that's the kind of transparency that the public expects of a government. Uh, obviously, for a while, Kennedy knew those missiles were there, and he kept it quiet because he wanted to devise a strategy and begin to implement the strategy before he told the public about it. But he knew he had to tell the public, and, and certainly he right. did, and he did it in, in a nationally televised uh, address. Now, nuclear missiles are a lot more harmful than a, a, a balloon. Having said so, a lot of people in the United States now see China as our major adversary. They see uh, China's actions as being duplicitous and, and um, you know, dishonest and, and with evil intent. And, you know, our government certainly didn't do enough to inform people what we knew and when we knew it. And that's why you get this growing disinformation gap. It's really an odd thing uh, with China from the standpoint that we – are are talking about China as an adversary, sort of a, a political competitor and possibly a military competitor on one hand. Yet on the other hand, uh, we have China uh, from a statistical standpoint as, as a significant trading partner. Uh, how much trade goes back and forth between the two countries is uh, just uh, awesome. How do we reconcile both of those when we have to deal with uh, which face do we look at China, the economic face with a smile or the suspicious face with concern? That's a great way to put it, Nick. And for decades now, the, the U.S. foreign policy vis-a-vis -vis China has been based on the premise that if we uh, provide economic incentives, if we make them uh, economically uh, moving toward a capitalistic uh, system and we improve the quality of life for the average Chinese, eventually uh, they would be less of a, a threat to us and to the rest of the world militarily. What we're seeing, however, is just the exact opposite. China becomes more and more bellicose, both toward Taiwan and in the South China Sea to uh, the Philippines, Malaysia, Vietnam, and other nations. So I think most people who think this through would say we've made a mistake with our China policy, and we should not be thinking of them as trade partners. We should be thinking of them as possible future enemies on the battlefield. But they're so large. I mean, 1.4 billion people and uh, the economic horsepower to be developing the kinds of products that really cannot economically be produced in this country. Uh, we, we talk about inflation now, and we talk about the effect of our, our on our economy, what, what happens if we just cut off Chinese trade and stop all the cheap minor goods from coming in here. Uh, that, that could be a problem. And you mentioned Taiwan. Uh, the United States is tied so closely with Taiwan. If the Chinese should uh, do what Russia did with Ukraine and just launch hundreds of thousands of Chinese troops and weapons against uh, Taiwan, what's the United States likely to do uh, in response? Great question, and uh, President Biden has kind of been ambivalent about that. Sometimes he's been making very strong pro-Taiwanese statements and sometimes not. Um, my personal opinion is that China will try to make a major military move on Taiwan in the next year or two, and it's going to be preceded by a disinformation effort on China's part to make Taiwan look like the bad guy. What really concerns me is the possibility that China might simultaneously take steps to try to cripple the United States' ability to take action on Taiwan's behalf. 
and let me roll back to this balloon. Uh, a lot of people believe, and I think the government's going to verify, that they had listening devices on this balloon because at that slow rate of speed, it can pick up an awful lot, even at 60,000 feet. Um, suppose just to say there was an attack on Taiwan, and it was preceded uh, a month or two earlier with uh, a couple of um, suspicious-type terrorist attacks on infrastructure in the United States. Let's say the Trans-Alaska Pipeline got cut, for example, or pipelines that were providing materials from Canada into the United States all of a sudden got cut or hurt. Um, you could see what happened with Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 in reverse, where China is basically trying to create an environment to make it more difficult for the United States to defend Taiwan, uh, Taiwan militarily. Yeah, as you're, you're speaking about this, I'm thinking of uh, 1941 and uh, the Hawaiian Islands when the Japanese uh, intelligence people were infiltrating and had infiltrated uh, Hawaii and gathering all this information that uh, just made the uh, Pearl Harbor a great target and a well-known target. Uh, are the balloons, I think you're suggesting the balloons may be some type of uh, precedent to, to taking more action against the United States, so just intelligence gathering for the sake of in, uh, gathering intelligence. Is that, is that a real concern? That could be, Nick, but I, I, I'm more concerned about it at a very personal level. There are 86 million spy balloons in this country right now. They're called TikTok accounts. And China, which uh, who, who has a company that owns TikTok, is collecting an unbelievable amount of personal information about so many uh, American citizens. And some of this could be used against these people in different ways at the at the right point in time. So I, I just uh, I, I shudder at that thought. You, you you create that Pearl Harbor analogy that uh, the next Pearl Harbor could be more of a combination of cyber and physical, and the cyber version of it could be, in the eyes of the uh, Joe or Jane, average American, be more crippling than an actual physical attack. Well, it certainly would uh, ruin our day if that that should happen. And you know, we we don't know whether the Chinese are emphasizing more of the economic side of things or more of the, uh, I guess, the their own national determination internationally and globally uh, as a political competitor in the United States uh, to see see what happens there. So Taiwan is, is certainly a, a tripwire for something dramatic to happen, and we hope that doesn't happen. But in the meantime, how do we uh, decide what information is um, accurate and what is not accurate? It's our eternal question that you and I keep talking about. Yeah. And um, at the present time, uh, we're not getting a, a clear answer all the time, and I think we're still left in the quandary as to who to believe and how much of anything should we believe. But uh, we're going to take a short break. We're talking to John Kersey from Cuyahoga Community College, a professor media communications. We're talking about disinformation and what we can and can't believe or shouldn't believe. So we're going to take a short break, our final break, and we'll be back to uh, talk about these topics. So don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. We'll be right back. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for today. Talking to John Kersey from Cuyahoga County Community College, and he's a professor of media communications there, and we're talking about uh, information trustworthiness of news and information we consider to be news. And John, thank you as always for joining us. Glad to be here. You know, as we talk about disinformation and we talk about news in the same sentence, 
we we have always counted on the news as being accurate. Um, my, my son and I would discuss these kinds of things, and he's a math major type person. We talk about the glories of mathematics as always being truthful. Two plus two always equals four, uh, unless you get into quantum physics or something. But uh, basically, there, there are some things that we expect to be true, like news. And um, we've been talking about the Chinese spy balloon, we're calling it, because of the sensors that it has with it. But uh, looking over a little bit to Ukraine and the Russian invasion, during war, there's always the, the color of information coming out. I know that uh, the United States would would have a major portion of information being misinformation just prior to D-Day, trying to make sure that the Germans thought maybe the D-Day invasion was going to occur somewhere other than where it did. So we know countries have always traditionally used disinformation. With regard to what's going on between Russia and Ukraine, uh, how, how much can we believe and how much should we take things as being uh, essentially just disinformation on either or both sides? Well, sadly, the Russians are uh, continuing to spew unbelievable amounts of disinformation, and their principal targets are Europe and especially Eastern Europe. Um, the most recent stuff I saw uh, basically said that all of uh, Europe was siding with the Nazis in World War II, and that's what they're telling. Yeah. That's what they're telling their own people inside of Russia, and uh, because uh, Russia has sealed off all Western media, basically, uh, you cannot be a reporter for a Western or independent news outlet and work in Russia because if you report the truth, you'll end up in jail. Uh, all people know there is what the Russians are telling them. Um, Ilya Yasin was sentenced to eight and a half years in jail for telling the truth about atrocities committed by Russian forces in Bukha uh, during this war. And uh, another guy received an eight-year uh, sentence for reporting what the world already knows, that Russia bombed the maternity hospital in Mariupol in March of 2022. But uh, that didn't stop the Russians from sentencing him to jail. So the Russians are being very brutal in terms of how they're treating news. Uh, news isn't news in, the, in Russia anymore. It's basically what Putin wants it to be. And uh, I think much to Europe's credit is they're getting very good at discerning Russia's lies and uh, ignoring them and discounting them. Um, irrespective of what happens on the battlefield in the next month or two in Ukraine, and it's going to be fascinating, uh, Russia will never again uh, be welcomed as a member of kind of the world of nations as long as Putin is in power. I, I see, and I, I agree with that. In our last minute or so, uh, we have so many news sources that we can access and get our news. If we had a choice to only listen to one to get the most accurate, where would you recommend? Well, obviously the answer. <laughs> but seriously, um, uh, That's us. Just, yeah. just a few bits of advice, right? Don't trust one news source. If there's a story that kind of gets your interest, look at multiple. Realize your own biases. If somebody watches CNN and MSNBC all the time, uh, they're going to have a lot different bias than somebody who watches Newsmax and listens to the answer all the time. Uh, if you're curious, research it. Get the truth and facts for yourself. And then my last bit of advice always is to be sure of your facts and, and what you know before you share anything that's news-wise on social media nowadays. Uh, there's a lot of hoaxers and a lot of people who are counting on you to be an unwitting advocate for disinformation. And by arming yourself with knowledge and information, you can prevent that from happening. Well, good. Well, that's what we have to fight back. And we, we owe it to ourselves and to everyone we know to uh, to seek the truth. And that 
that's a full-time job all the time. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you on again and we'll take another look at this in uh, a short time and see what's happening. Thank you, Nick. And you're right. It's got to be a relentless pursuit of what's true nowadays. Yeah, it's not easy. Thank you so much, John. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great, healthy, and safe week. Goodbye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.